0: to another edition of the iPhone Photo Show, number five. They said it wouldn't last. We're here. (laughs) Glad to have you. My name is Scott Bourne, and I'm joined by the eminent Jefferson Graham, who is one of the best iPhone people I know, and nobody better to help me do this show. Hi. Thanks for coming on the show, Jeff. Uh, Thanks
1: for, for coming up with the idea that we should do this, and five weeks later, here we are. It's fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, things can work that way in today's digital age. Today, we're going to uh, not have any guests. It's just us, but we got big news. And before we get into that, though, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Be sure to visit the iPhonePhotoshow.com website where you can get show notes and information on subscribing to our newsletter, which is coming, I promise. And you can get an email address, Gmail.com where if you send us an email, we will invite you to join our Flipboard group where you can post your iPhone pictures. And you're going to want to do that because starting in February, we are going to give away a prize or two or three maybe, who knows, every single month to the photos that Jeff and I like best. We might decide to talk about a few of them. It's a lot of fun. We're getting a couple of good photos in there. We want more. So tell your friends, join up. It's free. You can leave anytime if you don't like it. There's no, no charge. Just come on board with the Flipboard magazine and post your iPhone pictures because we know you've got some good ones and we want to give you some prizes. So be sure to do that. And be sure to email us to be invited to yeah. the magazine so yeah. that we can see your work. Yeah, we have to invite you. So it's iPhonePhotoshow at gmail.com. We will give you the invite if you just ask. So, Jeff, we're going to talk about something big today.
1: Uh, yes, uh, you've got the big news. You've got the big announcement. Okay. I'm going to shock the, the world. Uh, the uh, the the guy who last we heard was the Olympus visionary is now. I'm an iPhone shooter.
0: <laughs> That's exclusively. It. it. Exclusively. Exclusively. Well, pretty much exclusively. I have to have one tiny caveat, which is I still have some cinema contracts that require me to use my big cinema cameras, but when, when I'm not on contract, I'm going to do everything, whether it's stills or video, with nothing but my iPhone 13 Pro.
1: Starting today?
0: Uh, actually, already started. Yeah. Okay. Already started.
1: Give, give us the date so we could we could measure this a year later. It was it January 10th, 9th, <laughs> 8th? What do you think? Uh, it was January the 5th. 5th, January 5th. Okay, at, one at, year. This is the guy speaking who is the master bird photographer who has all these amazing close-ups of eagles and all other sorts of birds that you've seen on Target lunch boxes and websites and all over the place. How are you going to do bird photography
0: on the iPhone? Well, first of all, you kind of know. So what led me to this decision was you and I were at Busca Del Apache in late November, early December. And we were photographing birds during a workshop I was leading, and we were using our iPhones. Now, I, of course, was using my other cameras as well, but the footage that I saw you get, which was spectacular, uh, compared with the footage that I got from my iPhone, which was also spectacular, and I started scratching my head going, wait a minute. How in the world is this possible? So, I'm a guy that prints. I still make prints. I love prints. Prints were the backup when I was a kid. I still make prints every week. So I started printing 8x11, 11x14, 9x16 without doing any kind of software work. I didn't use Topaz Gigapixel. I didn't use a RIP, which stands for Raster Image Processor. I just printed it, and I was looking at the prints going, holy moly, they hold up. They don't pixelate. They don't band. This is new. This quality level is new. And if I compare these pictures with what I got, let's say, 10 years ago out of a Canon digital camera that I paid $5,000 for, they're comparable. So the technology has matured, Jefferson, to the point where that's one thing. The, The reason I switched, I was a Canon shooter for a long time, and the reason I switched to Olympus was... I'm, you know, getting old. I've had a lot of medical issues. I've had a bunch of shoulder surgeries. And my doctor said, you can't carry this heavy stuff anymore. So I switched to Micro Four Thirds and Olympus. And for nearly five years with Olympus Visionary, and I love their gear. I still do. Then this weird series of events happened. First of all, we had COVID, which threw everything crazy. Second of all, I got offered a job for a cinematographer. But I had to use different cameras. Olympus makes you you know, a visionary, then you have to use Olympus cameras. So I had to resign. And then, however, that job got pulled out from under me because COVID came back. So then I find myself without a project for the year. And I thought, this is a perfect time to see how this works. Cause we all, we, we, we say this all the time. You said this first, I heard you say this once and it resonated. I want to use the phone. Everybody carries with them. The camera, everybody carries with them. It's the iPhone. So I thought, what better way? I've spent my entire career since November 2nd, 1998, when I first started publishing on the internet about photography, trying to teach people how to enjoy photography and be better at it. What better way to do it than to use the same camera they do?
1: Now, I should just
0: let everybody know
1: that the footage that we're talking about from Bosque del Apache, New Mexico, is online for you all to see i did a complete episode photo walks episode uh with scott in bosque and it's youtube.com photo TV. and see for yourself i think the footage looks really good
0: it does and also the images that i got i've, I've posted a few on my vimeo site uh some footage to just raw right out of the camera pro res On the video side, that's another thing that's made this possible for me. The new iPhone 13 Pro shoots ProRes 422HQ video. Now, that's all techno-garb to most people, but if you're a video person... You know, that's a really big deal. And it is amazing that we can do this on a cell phone. And there's just tremendous quality. You, you you can't you can't hardly believe it. It's 4K. It's 422. It's ProRes. This is an industry standard. I thought when they said it was going to be ProRes that it would be like a light version. No, it's ProRes HQ, high quality. This is the real deal. So on the video side, this is actually an easier decision for me to make because the video is really truly up to par with what you see from a lot of very expensive cinema cameras on the still side the you know this small sensor is an issue however the computational photography it, it's amazing and i just want to go through you know like a few things about the the iPhone 13 that really got to me. First of all, they improved the lenses. Now, one thing, this is a pet peeve of mine, Jefferson. I don't, there's not three cameras. There's one camera with three lenses, right? Right. The three lenses are improved on the iPhone 13. Now you only get this if you get the 13 pro or the 13 pro max, you get two, I believe on the rest of them, right?
1: Yeah. On the regular 13, you get two lenses. Yeah. 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 So you so get th- these,
0: uh, the ultra wide, I believe
1: is it the ultra wide and the wide?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you don't get the telephoto, but you get a 77 millimeter telephoto lens at f2.8. Now, it's 77 at f2.8. That gives you enough to do a little depth of field, especially with portraits. I mean, it looks really great. 77 millimeters is pretty close to a portrait length that I would use as a standard, you know, DSLR photographer. So that's one real big advantage. The wide-angle lens is very sharp. I mean very very sharp. I think it's the sharpest of the three lenses. It's 26 millimeters and you know it's got an f1.5 aperture and then there's the ultra wide lens which I do enjoy using for stills. I'm not a big fan of it for the video because I I see it break up a little there but it's 13 millimeters at f1.8. These are sophisticated lenses. I mean there's six element lenses and they uh, in the case of all of them except for the wide, which is seven. On the wide lens, they got sensor shift OIS optical image stabilization. It's crazy.
1: Folks should should know that most photographers, if they had to choose one go-to lens, it's a twenty-four to seventy. It's you know wide to medium telephoto, that is the that's the walk-around lens that most most people use. And now you've got a 16 to 77 millimeter, actually a 12 to 77 millimeter. So you're even wider. And as Scott says, the ultra wide gets a little distorted sometimes, but I can't tell you how many places I've gone to where the regular wide lens just would not get in the entire scene and ultra wide would. And I love it. And I love it for video too. I love the ultra wide. I love the look of the ultra wide as you walk down the street, and uh, it's just really cool. It's
0: even wider than a GoPro, a standard GoPro. So I think that's pretty cool. You know, you can correct the aberrations and such. So I, I'm, you know, I'm now I'm coming at this from a guy who's been a professional photographer for all his life and has very high standards. So maybe I'm a little more critical of that lens than some people, but it doesn't mean I don't use it. I love it. And the great news is you can add other lenses. Now, here comes the real interesting thing. Sometimes things don't seem to make sense, especially if I'm involved, Jefferson. (laughs) The big issue with this, of course, is I can't put a 600 millimeter lens on my iPhone like I could on my Olympus or my Canon camera. So what did I decide to do? I decided to... Tell everybody how crazy you are. I'm going to put a 3,000-millimeter lens on there. I'm going to digiscope. (laughs) So, So what is digiscope? Digiscoping is when you take an optic birding or hunting glass and you adapt it to a camera with a physical device that connects the two together... Uh, it's called Digiscoping. It's very popular, and I've decided to buy a, a, a kawa, A koa, I'm not sure how they pronounce it. And it's $4,000. <laughs> but that's still a third the price of a 600-millimeter lens for a Canon. Yeah, mm-hmm. but how how do you connect it to the iPhone? You buy a $120 adapter, and it allows you to basically fit the iPhone's best camera right down the center of the optic. And then everything that the optic can do in terms of zooming in and zooming out shows up on your iPhone. And you still have the ability, of course, to pinch and zoom on your own iPhone if you want to adjust the image. And if you spend enough money on the right optic, the images are very sharp. But now instead of 600 millimeters I can get to three thousand millimeters, which is crazy. But how is, how is it using it? Is, is it giant? Is
1: it, uh, it, it this is, massive it, thing that that takes away from the whole experience of using an iPhone?
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> that part we we it, but you know there's there you have to put a massive thing on any camera to do the kind of close-up bird photography I do. So the one thing that I'm I'm shedding as I'm shedding the weight of the massive camera. I still have the weight of the massive lens, but this is why God made assistance. My assistant will carry that thing, set it up on a tripod. Then I just snatched a little teeny iPhone out of my pocket. I can leave the adapter. In fact, the adapter to make this all work is just really a case. So it'll be the case I run with all the time. I can just take it and put it on the optic anytime I want. And boom, I have got myself the ability to get more focal length than I've ever had in my entire career with clarity.
1: Because I once connected a 7,200 millimeter lens from my Canon to the iPhone, and after I was said and done, it was so massive, I just assumed would have used my camera because I didn't really save anything. It was just just as giant, and I didn't think that the Canon 5D was exactly heavy
0: to carry without a lens on it. Yeah, well, I'm, you're, you're right. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's a little silly, I agree, but I'm doing it because I can and to prove a point, which is that the image quality will be there and uh, the camera I'm always going to have with me is the iPhone. I I can bring this optic when I need to do portraits. Now, I don't always have to do portraits. You are a guy who's perfect testament to that because you were at Bolske with me and you had flight shots. You had shots of the birds waiting in the ponds. Talk about that. You didn't need a long lens for that.
1: Okay. Well, here, here's what, uh, what I found so Bosque del Apache, one of Scott's favorite places in the world. He's been there 37 times, I believe. 37 years. Uh, every uh, at post Thanksgiving, pre Christmas, the birds come down from Colorado, uh, tens of thousands of them, and uh, stop in New Mexico before they migrate to Mexico. So it's the greatest photo opportunity. Every morning after sunrise, there is something called a blast off, where they say, "Hey guys." enough, let's go. And and thousands of birds make a lot of noise and fly off into the air. Well, that's a great iPhone video shot. It's a wide shot. You don't need a telephoto lens for that. So I tried doing this video episode of photo walks, watch on YouTube, please. And the idea was, could I, could I do a photo seminar with Scott with just the iPhone? Half of it? Yes, I could. Uh, but eventually I did give up, but I, I went to my camera, which had the 600 millimeter lens to get some really nice close-ups and some slow-mo close-ups, which are a lot of fun to watch. But could I, could I have done it just with the iPhone for the killer shot? Yeah, because the killer shot was the wide shot more so than the telephoto. I think, what did you
0: think, Scott? Yeah, that's the point is that part of this experiment for the year is, can I do it? Does it make, I mean, is it possible to really pull it off? I believe the answer is going to be yes. Will I give something up? There's absolutely no question, but guess what? Every single thing in photography is about compromise, Jefferson. Our friend Rick Salmon and I used to do a podcast together and we would do all these questions and every single question we started the answer with, it depends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it always depends. There's always a trade off. If you go all the way back to the film days when we shot Tri X 400, we had to make a decision. We're going to hold the highlights or we're going to let the shadows block up. You always have to give something up. So, if just to give you an example, I posted a clip, which I will link to in the show notes, where I was driving down one of Bosque Del Pache's many dirt roads it was sunrise. The sun was coming up perfectly behind a tree. There was a little dust in the air. It created this really ethereal kind of background. And there were a whole bunch of snow geese flying right through the scene. If I had stopped the car, opened up my case, got my big cinema camera out with the big lens, turned it on, it would have been 30 seconds before that thing booted up and the birds would have been three miles down the road. As it was, I had one hand on the steering wheel, grabbed the iPhone with my left hand, rolled the window down, stuck it out there, kind of came to a stop, pushed the record button, and I got eight or nine seconds of beautiful ProRes video that I simply couldn't have gotten any other way. And that's my point. For everything you give up, there's something that you get. And as I've gotten older... I mean, this is a, this is the typical demarcation line for when you shed gears, you get old. (laughs) But when I was young, I used to think having every gear and, you know, every piece of gear you could mattered. And I'd walk around with three camera bodies on my neck and different lenses. And I had four bags with me and I schlepped all this stuff around, but it's a burden. It's a, it's like an anvil that you have to drag. And when you're messing with it, something happens that you don't get to see. I recently
1: went to San Francisco to do a shoot of the Mission Mural District, and uh, it was the most freeing photo shoot I've ever done because all I brought was the iPhone, my microphones, which are tiny, uh, the Rode Wireless Go 2s, and a little grip for the iPhone, period. That's it. Uh, No multiple cameras, no multiple lenses, no flash, no lighting, nothing, just the iPhone microphone
0: and a grip, Um, you know. That was really great. Yeah. The whole point of photography is it's supposed to be fun. And if it's not fun, you're not doing it right. And I tell you what, it's not fun to schlep a lot of gear around that gets in the way. You got to worry about someone stealing it. You got to worry about losing it. You got to worry about dropping it, breaking it, damaging it. And most importantly, you got to worry about having it slow you down. Now you produce the entire photo walks TV series, mostly with just an iPhone. And I've looked at every episode And as far as I can tell, Jefferson, if you hadn't, if I didn't know you, if I didn't know you were using an iPhone, I would never have guessed the production values are spectacular. So isn't that what, you know, do we lose sight sometimes of the results? It's the results that matter.
1: It's really funny because I did a, a video with a, uh, with the media company recently and they had this attitude where, you know, we're this great media company. I'm not going to mention them. Uh, but we're this great media company and we do the best work and, and our stuff is seen online. And it's so wonderful. And, and the guy I was working with showed up with a giant red camera. <laughs> giant. For a cell phone video that could have been shot on my iPhone, it, it's so much easier. And I, uh, it's just it's an attitude thing. A lot of it is attitude. We think we're so great, so we we have to have you know camera gear that costs thousands of dollars. But you don't, you don't. And on photo walks, I, the only place where I, I think I, I I have to go beyond the iPhone is the driving shots. Still look great on on a GoPro. Yeah. And I I haven't figured out how to do a good driving shot on an iPhone with the image stabilization and how would I mount it?
0: It's so easy to just throw the GoPro onto the uh, windshield wiper and drive down the street. I'll show you how to do it, but it can be done. I do want to recommend once again, filmic pro using their new filmic pros, new image stabilization is, is cinematic in quality and you can get a little window grip and, We'll talk about that in another episode. But the bottom line is, if you've got the camera in your pocket and something happens, you can pull it out and shoot. If it's locked up in a bag and you got to put a lens on and you got to set it up and do all this other stuff, you might miss the shot. Again, I promise you there's stuff I am going to wish that I had more lens for or that I had a different sensor for. The low-light capability is not going to be quite as good, although it is very impressive out of this new phone, I have to say. But I am very comfortable, just as I was when I switched to Olympus, with the fact that while I will give something up, I will get something in return. Because I'm going to roll back time five years ago. I was shooting with the Canon 1DX Mark II. In fact, I had five of them. These are $5,000 flagship bodies at the time. With all of the fast, expensive Canon glass. And everyone said, well, you're giving up that for micro four-thirds? You know, this isn't going to work. Well, all that happened, Jefferson, was my photography improved, I licensed more images than ever, I had more fun, and I did, in fact, miss some shots because of that change, but I gained more than I missed, and the iPhone is the camera that everybody has with them. Our goal here on this show is to encourage people to use them, to teach them how to have fun with them, and to get the results that they want, and... Based on the test that you and I did, this is where this this, this whole idea kind of came to be. When we were shooting at Bullscan, I was looking at that footage. It was on January 5th. I finally got around to editing all the final stuff. And I was like, I just don't know why I'm not going to do this all the time. So here's what I'm doing. I'm converting my iPhone 13 Pro into a camera in, the, in that. It's going to live in my camera bag. I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to buy a, I, I can't find a used one. I'm going to buy a new S E. That's going to be my telephone. That's going to be what I text on, what I check Google maps on, or what I make a phone call on. And I'm going to leave the other camera in my bag, just like it's a real camera and bring it with me. And then, you know, put it in my pocket when I'm going to do a shoot, have one phone that I'm going to use to talk on and one I'm going to shoot with. And I'm, and I'm going to shed all these bags. In fact, we, we might have to have a camera bag sale over here at the Bourne household. I've got it, so, mm-hmm. many, so many camera bags that I'm not going to be needing. You can carry this stuff around in a fanny pack in your pocket. Some of the cases, will wear. you can wear them with a rope around your neck. I'm just so impressed, Jefferson, with the quality. And if you look at the, the engineering that's gone into the iPhone 13 Pro, if you look into the, not just the, the quality lenses and they did improve them. They improved them across the board. It's the computational photography we've talked about on the show and we will continue to talk about that really stands out. And, and I guess I want to know as, you know, when you decided to produce your video series using an iPhone, were you nervous about it or were you confident?
1: I, it just sort of evolved because I started using uh, like a whole bunch of cameras. I would show up with the GoPro and and, uh, and I'd have the, uh, the uh, you know, my Sony. I used the Sony a lot, the Sony rs 10 IV, And uh, it just sort of evolved into a, I mean, frankly, a marketing thing. Hey, I do the show on the iPhone. And if I do the show on the iPhone, well, so can you. And, uh, and I'm taking pictures on the iPhone, so can you. And I'm not doing anything differently i i I don't have any bag of tricks i don't have any expensive gear that's not available to you i just have the phone and i'm not stocking it with all this this these doodads that you, that you need to go out and get. Um, I did have a funny, funny thing Uh, last night. I went down to to shoot the sunset. I live in Manhattan beach, California, which is an LA suburb. And my mom was in Redondo beach, which is about 10 miles down the street. And she was going to to, to see the sunset. And I posted my photo and she goes, well, God, that looks so much better than the the sunset I saw. You know, the, the old, um, your pictures look better than mine thing. And, um, yeah, because timing is everything and they were processed in Lightroom. You know, that's the other thing. I use the apps. I use the apps to uh, to bring up the sky a little bit.
0: Yeah. Whether you want to go naked or add a grip or add a light or a mic, it's up to you. But it's still easier to do it on an iPhone than it is on anything else. Now, to going to the extreme of buying a Kawa TSN 99S, you know, spotting scope for four grand, uh, most people aren't going to do that. Don't need to. But. I feel like, what the heck, I'm going to live in this world where I can get out to 3,000 millimeters. And in case anyone doesn't know, birds don't generally like to hang around humans and they can fly. So it's a good thing to be able to get far away from them and still get good footage. So I'm going to see how this works. At the end of the year, I'll be honest. I'll say, you know what, it was a complete failure or a complete success or it was in between. But for the next year, my camera of choice is the iPhone 13 Pro for both stills and video wherever possible, except when I'm under contract and have to use a cinema camera for a job. I'm not going to be doing anything else. I'm not dissing my old Olympus gear. I love it. I still have it. But I'm just not going to use it for a year. I'm going to just do the iPhone 13 And as I do this, Jefferson, as we do this together, one of the great things I think that will help our audience is we can all learn together. We can experiment together and share this journey and talk about, you know, what worked, what didn't work, you know, what kind of tips and tricks we might need to make something, you know, adapt. We're we're changing the, the way we do things. I think it's going to be fun, and and we're really counting on the audience to help us as well. If you're an iPhoneographer or you shoot video with your iPhone and you've got tips, tricks, hints, suggestions, we want to hear from you. iPhonePhotoshow at Gmail is our address. We check it every day. We would love to hear your tips. Is there a special guest you want us to bring on? What sort of problems are you having using your iPhone? What does Apple need to do to make it better? We want to talk about that throughout the year. The floor is open, and it's yours. It's not just Jefferson and I. We want to hear from you. Jefferson's incredibly produced photo walk TV series is evidence, though, that you can produce a video show using just an iPhone. And the footage that I got, some of which, by the way, I have already licensed from Bolskadil Apache on an iPhone, is evidence that you can do both video and stills professionally on this camera. Maybe it doesn't look as cool as carrying around something big and clunky, but uh, the older you get, the less cool you worry about looking. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, it's great.
1: And and now we usually do a news segment, and uh, I think I have the perfect news bite here is that um, the 15-year anniversary of Steve Jobs introducing the iPhone just happened. And uh, that's a really amazing time to reflect. Uh, let's
0: just quickly: where were you 15 years ago, Scott Bourne? I was sitting in the audience next to Leo Laporte and my friend Alex Lindsay. We—I was doing a podcast at the time called the iLife Zone, and I had been covering the preeminent launch that was happening the day before. I was at the merry-go-round there near Moscone Center where we did a twit episode and I was arguing with John C. Dvorak about whether or not the iPhone was going to work and John was doing his famous, eh, that'll never work. <laughs> 15 years later, he doesn't look like he knew what he was talking about in that particular one anyway. And and I sat there and I, there's actually a picture if you can pick up the San Francisco Chronicle From the day after the phone was actually released, there's a picture of me on the front page of the business page holding the iPhone up. We did a little show there. I remember it like it was yesterday, but Jefferson, oh, my gosh, what a difference between that device and the one that you're carrying. (laughs) Yeah, really. Uh, Now, I should just say
1: that I was at CES formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show, a Macworld was happening at the same time, but we felt, I was at USA Today at the time, we felt that all the action was at CES. So at CES, uh, iPhone is announced. It's all anybody's talking about. And all CES coverage went out the window. And I was there with Ed Begg, uh, the two of us were covering CES together. And we just sat in a room and wrote about the iPhone, period. That's it. And uh, it, it overtook our lives. I never looked back. 15 years, this is what I've been doing. And remember that uh, there were cell phones, there were smartphones, there was the Treo, right? And uh, a handful of others that just weren't very good. And this was the first really good one.
0: The BlackBerry was out. I'm going to say it's basically an industrial revolution. Apple's the first trillion dollar company and we know that they wouldn't be without the iPhone. It changed everything. Now, there's other phones out there that are really good too now. There's a whole bunch of industries that have been spawned by this, but I don't think anybody can honestly say that the iPhone did not change the way the world works. It is a momentous thing, and that's why we do a podcast having to do with the iPhone and the uh, photographic exploits that you can have with one. So we hope you've enjoyed this uh, talk and, and the news that I'm going to switch to the iPhone as my primary camera for the year. I'd like to hear your feedback. Am I crazy? send me an email iPhone at gmail.com and uh, we'll be back next week every Friday with more information on how to get better photos and videos out of your iPhone Jefferson until we come back next week where can people find you
1: at Jefferson Graham Twitter and Instagram YouTube is youtube.com photo walks TV
0: Jeffersongram.net is my website and Scott how can they find you I'm on the Twitter, at Scott Bourne, S-E-O-T-T-B-O-U-R-N-E, like the Bourne Identity. You can also check me at picturemethods.com, where I blog about photography. I'm going to start uh, writing for Photo Focus again. Jefferson's got a column there now. Uh, also, uh, at, from stillstomotion.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the show on one of your favorite podcatchers. We're now available, by the way, on Amazon Music and Audible. We're everywhere, so wherever you like to listen to your podcast, be sure to subscribe and tune in next Friday for more of the iPhone Photo Show. See you next week. Bye-bye, everyone.